KPFK in Los Angeles. The newscast is produced by Monica Lopez and Zimba Russo. Our headlines editor is Leanne Caldwell. Mitch Jezerich is our Washington editor. Our technical production team is Jade Paget-Seekins, Pauline Bartolone, McMillan, and Eric Klein. For archives of this or other newscasts or documentaries, please visit our website at www.fsrn.org. That's fsrn.org. In Los Angeles, I'm Aura Bogado. Bing Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. Uh, the last bastion of freeform. WCBN FM and Ava. Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. <laughs> oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets, Closets are for clothes. clothes. Closets Are For Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. (laughs) We're here, we're on, Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3, Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts... Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I heard the like end of it and I was like, oh, oh, oh wait. <laughs> I should say something. Well, the last probably half an hour of my life has felt like a Keystone Cops movie, so Uh-oh. it was no, <laughs> see? Yes. It was no uh, surprise to me that I I missed the intro there i was just i don't know my own little meredith world i've been like that like all afternoon sort of wandering around and doing stuff and not really you know not not being conscious of what i'm doing like when my i have an intern like a social work intern that i help the education director you know school school thank you i was gonna (laughs) say monitor and i was like that's not right but we had her evaluation today and i just felt like I just wasn't there, and I felt really bad about that, and I felt like, I'm sure I have things, great things to say about you, because I think you're wonderful, but I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I can't do it today. Can't yeah. do it today. Yeah, so you're kind of spacey today. I am very spacey, and I went to buy, um, a friend of mine at work is getting married, and so I'm throwing her a shower at work on Friday. And I probably shouldn't say too much because she sometimes occasionally listens to us. So, Jessica, if you're listening, you should really turn off your radio at this point. Turn it off. Just lower the volume a little bit. So I went to go buy her shower stuff. like, And it's just been, I don't know, coordinating has been fascinating. It's I've, You know, I'm an event planner at work. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, planning a shower is insane. It's a whole different thing. It is a whole different thing. And I feel like it has to be perfect. And I, it's hard finding stuff for someone. Like, I know, Jess, we spend, we eat lunch together every day. Like, we spend a significant amount mm-hmm. of time together. But, you know, I'm looking at all the shower stuff thinking, like, would she like this? Is this, like, what What would she want from her shower right. experience? Does she want, you know, more traditional? Does she want, so. 
but it was hard to do it was hard to do being spacey yeah and speaking of whole different things you are tuned in to closets are for clothes on wcbn fm 88.3 radio free in arbor i'm christy cardinal with meredith hockman it is wednesday august 10th 2005 which is my fourth wedding anniversary congratulations thank you very much that's very exciting four years ago at this very moment it was at six o'clock Really? Went, yes, indeed. Was when our uh, ceremony got started. That is very exciting. So, and it was just, it it was interesting because, you know, this absolutely awful weather we've been having mm-hmm. the last few, I mean, it's just muggy and gross and hot. That was the same weather we had four years ago right. this time of year. Mm-hmm. However, on August 9th of 2001, it, there was terrible thunderstorms at like 10 o'clock at night. I mean, just torrential, wow, huge thunderstorms. And then on August 10th, we woke up to sunny and 75 degrees. So our outdoor ceremony was, was perfectly comfortable. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool when stuff yeah. like that works out. We were, when we had our rehearsal the mm-hmm. night before, uh, and it was, you know, we were sweating, standing still mm-hmm. outside. Uh, we were terrified. Yeah, you I'm know, sure. We were so freaked out that it was going to be too hot. And mm-hmm. um, we had made reservations with the place we had it at to, um, for a rain contingency. Mm-hmm. We didn't know if that would apply for a heat contingency, <laughs> <laughs> a heat and humidity contingent. So, but it all worked out anyway. It was. Were you guys freaking out? I can't imagine how freaked out I'd be because you want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of play this whole thing up in your head and you expect it's going to be. Yeah. It, it, we were freaking out. Like when we were doing the rehearsal, I was like, I'm going to come to the ceremony naked if it's this hot because I was standing there in shorts and a tank top and saying, I can't wear a suit. Right. You know, I can't wear a suit if it's going to be this hot. I, there's no way I can wear even more, any more clothing that I have on right now. Right. There's just no way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it worked out actually that, and it was, it was 75 and sunny. And then like the very next day it went back to being, well, somebody wanted you to ninety five degrees day. and a hundred percent humidity. Yeah, and I did. We did. It was great. Um, so how are you? Other than spacey today. Other than spacey, um, I'm fine. I'm leaving for New York next week. Cool. So, yeah, we're, my friend and I are driving. Wow. Yeah, and so it should be an interesting experience because I usually go to New York just to visit my one friend. We don't really do. Not that we don't do anything, but it's just kind of like. Like when you go home to see your parents, that's kind of how it is for me when I go to home, to New York to see her. Mm-hmm. And like I just hang out with her mom during the day if she's working and like I don't do a whole lot. We'll go down to the beach maybe or, you know, we'll maybe go see a movie, but we don't really do a whole lot. Well, because my other friend is coming, we she's like, well, the only way I'll come with you is if you promise that we're not going to sit around and do nothing or do the things I could do if I went if I just stayed in Michigan. And so now I feel like there's all this pressure. Like, right. I have course. to have all this fun. And I think I can do it. I think we can have fun. I mean, it's New York. It's not like there's, there's stuff not to do stuff not to like do. You're going to Fargo. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's not like I have to go to Monroe and be like. Here's fun. Right. Monroe. I don't know. Right. So, um, but there's a little bit of pressure because I want her to have a good time. I don't want her to feel like, oh, I drove with you out here and we didn't do anything. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure to get something good and fun in for her to do. But we're, we're only there for three days, but it should be a good time. It should be a good time. I hope. How are you? Oh, sorry for the yawn. It's okay. I'm good. I made um, and canned blueberry jam today. (laughs) (laughs) Such is my life. I'm worried about you. As an unemployed person, I made blueberry jam. Made 12 half pints of blueberry jam today. Are you going to be the gay version of Martha? I'd love to. Would you? I know so many people who want to be. And I'm going, when I leave here, I'm going home to make pickles. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, did you raise the pickles yourself? I've not raised any of the vegetables or fruit that I will be canning over the next couple of days. But So you're canning more than just pickles? Yes, I'm also going to... Well, I'm pickling cucumbers, the standard right. garlic dill. Mm. And then I'm also going to can some pickled beets. Oh, um, like borscht kind of? No, they're solid. They're, they're not... Solid. They're not pureed. Okay. 
So it's just sliced beets, like you get in a Greek salad. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you get in a Greek salad. So um, I'm going to do that. And I may do some other things, too. I don't know. I'm getting all this stuff because we own a share in a community-supported farm. Oh. So we get all these fruits and vegetables, and we get far That's more than really we can cool. consume. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing that with it. Um, instead of letting it go to waste or give it away or whatever. And, you know, I think that like two quarts of blueberries made 12 half pints of jam. And that's like, you know, about 10 gifts mm-hmm. that I can give away. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll You're see what happens. saving for your future. I am. I'm planning. So how'd you get involved with the f- uh, community farm? Well, it, I have a lot of people do it. A lot of people, especially this particular farm that I belong to, you essentially, you just contact them, write them a check, and they'll give you vegetables all summer and fall. Really? I mean, it's really easy. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. The one that I support um, is called Tantre, and mm-hmm. it's in Chelsea, mm-hmm. and it's a it's an organic farm. Um, So all the stuff that we get there is organic, which is fabulous that is really good um and it's totally worth what we pay we did the math and it's totally worth it absolutely worth it so yeah i made 12 half pints of blueberry jam today i'm going to make six quarts of pickles when i get home um i was quite shocked and some people may disagree with this but at how easy it is i thought i was very daunted by the process i you know and i i I'm one of those people who thinks it must be really hard to do. It's not so much. I mean, if you can boil water, mm-hmm. like if you have some sense of what's going on in the kitchen, mm-hmm. obviously a complete fool in the kitchen, somebody who can't, who burns toast all the time, you know, right, has, right. isn't going to have a hard time. But if you know your way around a kitchen, um, you can do it. If you can, you know, measure stuff and boil water um, and you have somewhat of a, uh, an eye for like you can be detailed oriented mm-hmm. to some extent like i'm not a detail person at all ever um if anybody who's expecting or interested in giving me a job heard me say that i'll deny it but <laughs> um i'm not really all that uh into the details but i can follow the details to the extent i need to for this process right so it's yeah i think it's pretty easy i got this great old 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 book um, the Better Homes and Gardens Guide to your Home Canning. I got it on like you know the internet secondhand, and ah. it's got this woman from Marietta, Georgia's handwritten notes all in it. It's cool. Oh, that's really it's cool. It's really cool. Um, and it gave it gives really good easy directions. One of my personal favorites though was the recipe for kosher dill pickles. Said nothing about having a rabbi come to your house and bless them, which <laughs> 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 I thought was kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. Um, then they're not really kosher if you know you can't. No, I um, mean they had the flavor, the of, flavor of right. kosher dill. So there should really be quotation marks right, around quotation. Kosher. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that's what I did. Um, yeah, I'm great. Otherwise, I Are had you a, enjoying. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I am. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably needed a break. You're pretty pretty busy i am pretty busy person so i'm enjoying it i'm not sleeping in at all i'm keeping the same schedule i kept before like as far as sleeping and getting up and stuff and Mm -hmm. i don't really have a choice because i have to excuse me for yawning again you know i have to take my partner to work and i have to take the kid to camp and stuff like that so i do have to do all that stuff i will tell you the shocking thing is that key and i think i talked about this last week but it still it keeps coming up for me I really don't understand where the day goes. Mm-hmm. Like, I drop everybody off by nine, um, and then it seems like ten minutes later it's four o'clock, and I have to go pick everybody up. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm doing stuff, but it seems like how could I possibly be filling all of this time? Right. Right. How could I? And then I thought, except for like this canning adventure I've had today, Mm -hmm. I'm not really doing a whole lot extra around the house than I used to. You know, I'm still cooking. I'm still doing yard work, stuff like that. But I don't know how I got all that stuff done when you were working. When I was working. (laughs) Because I I can't get any of, I don't have a yard, but you know, like cleaning my apartment and Mm -hmm. getting it to stay relatively clean on a consistent basis is my downfall in life. Yeah. I don't understand how it. I don't understand it at all. You know, I used to get laundry done 
all the time you know we'd always we'd never have a full hamper you know Mm -hmm. like would i would continually do it and keep up with it now it seems like the hamper is full every five minutes i don't i don't understand really yeah maybe it's just well no maybe it's because i'm paying more attention to it or i don't have anything else to distract me or whatever so yeah and then you know i'm looking for a job always also fun as hell have you had any i've had a few things that are interesting Mm -hmm. one job which said that a sense of humor was required Mm -hmm. um and so i wrote a very funny cover letter well Uh i thought it was funny Uh um and it wasn't you know every line and it wasn't funny but right um i ended it with a funny thing and then i asked some friends for feedback and they were they all were like well i would change this and i would change that and they weren't really commenting on what i wanted them to comment on they were actually commenting on what i wanted them to comment on but i think that i wasn't quite in the space to accept their feedback Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i shouldn't have i was way more vulnerable than i thought i was (laughs) about my cheeky little cover letter right but anyway it was fine it was fine um there's something, isn't there something gay going on sometime soon? No. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. This weekend, is there's a, the PFLAG annual meeting, or not annual meeting, but monthly meeting is Sunday. So. Oh, I did not know I that. remember, I don't know why I'm bringing that up randomly in this moment, but I thought since this is because a gay show, we should talk about something gay other than ourselves. Yes, we should. Um. I don't have anything gay. I played tennis this weekend with my partner. That's pretty gay. Tennis is a very gay sport. You think so? I do. We're really bad. Well, I'm, you know, I shouldn't be bad. I mean, he should. He's not really played a whole lot, but I'm bad. I'm really bad. We spend a lot of time running around in circles trying to pick up balls because... I've played tennis exactly once and I was horrible. I was so bad. And then I was like, oh, let's see who can hit it against the wall. Because I was sure that the reason why I couldn't return the ball was because he couldn't play correctly. No. No, not true. No, not true. (laughs) I have some serious control issues, apparently, with my hitting of the ball because it just went straight over the wall and then would end up in the middle of the parking lot and he'd have to go run after them. And so he'd return them back to me on the other side of the wall, and it would go into the bushes. So even against the wall, we were pathetic. Wow. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? It is. But the thing is, is the night before, we had decided to go out in the backyard and just, like, there's no tennis court in the backyard, obviously, but we just thought we'd just hit it back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we did much better in that in that setting, except I kept hitting it into the part of the backyard that there's poison ivy and making him go get it, so... Well, let's hope that he doesn't now have poison ivy. Uh, no, because he's prone to getting it, m- like, magically, and so... Sweet. Hopefully he didn't, because I don't think he'd be that happy with me. <laughs> so I have... Uh, I I had an experience today that is seems to be somewhat common. Mm-hmm. When I go to smaller, yet small, yet chain store, retail stores... Uh-huh. So not like, for example, Peaceable Kingdom, which is a small store, but not a chain. Right. And not like Bed Bath & Beyond, which is a huge chain. Right. But more like a smaller retail outlet, like a boutique or something like that. That's. I always have to deal with the most irritating salespeople ever. Really? That... Um, well, there's one, I don't know if you've ever experienced at the, the, what I affectionately call the fat man store, (laughs) um, where I, for some reason, sorry to cut you off, but I cannot go in there without like feeling like not ashamed exactly, but like feeling like, why am I buying stuff in here? Like it's always a million times too big for me, but I just, I'm not comfortable wearing the proper size. I think at this point could be. But Could very well there's be. a specific woman in there who makes me who like, makes my skin crawl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she talks too much. Yes, and she tells you things that you don't really care about, right? Yep. Um, well, and she's a, she takes the cake. She's by far the most irritating person mm-hmm. I've ever had to deal with in a retail establishment. Well, today I went to a different store, and I was actually with my partner, which is one of the reasons why I was almost late to the show, uh-huh. um, is because of this store manager who would not shut up. And she was talking about drivel. But because my partner was there and had disclosed where she works... Oh, no. And was per- and 
it, ha- it did have something to do with where she works, but was buying things for her job. Uh-oh. She was buying scrubs. Uh-huh. So she couldn't, like, be rude and say, shut the hell up, I need to get out of here. Right. Because she felt she was representing her workplace and right. she didn't, you know, whatever, yada, yada. But this woman was like, well, first of all, it, somehow we got, uh, she thought Planned Parenthood, which is where my partner works, is a, like that they do classes on parenthood. <laughs> And she was like, no, we're a clinic. We do gynecological and reproductive health care. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you know what? You guys should make a video <laughs> and show it in middle schools. Uh-huh. Because let me tell you. Uh-huh. And she tells this story about some 13-year-old girl that she heard a rumor about. Oh, God. That had, she had performed oral sex on some boy. It was some rumor. And that she made this little girl cry because she confronted her about this act so you know you need to be in the middle schools and on and on and on and on and my partner was like you know what we do a lot of educational stuff right but it's very hard for uh, us to get permission to talk about a lot of things in schools because of the political environment but you know tried Mm -hmm. to be very like nice about it but not but saying yeah we do that Mm -hmm. dumbass you know like (laughs) but it just kept going on and on she kept coming back to this you need to be in the schools. You need to be in the schools. And, you know, it's frustrating to me. Like when I was really thinking about it on the way, actually, when it, after we left here, by the way, it took us um, 45 minutes to check out. Are you serious? Yeah, because she couldn't stop talking. Wow. So on the way here to the show, I was thinking about, you know, it's really frustrating that, that you know, she went to such, I think she was exuberant in her support of doing sex education in schools Mm -hmm. yet we have to fight so hard to get permission to do it so i want to you know even though she was irritating Mm -hmm. um i want to encourage people like her who feel that way about sex education to be vocal about it to the people who can make a difference about it (laughs) certainly you know talking to the folks at Planned Parenthood is a good idea but you're preaching to the choir in the right. most extreme sense right. of the term right. you need to you know contact your legislatures talk to your school board talk to you know all over the place keep talking to people about stuff like that um so um why you are while you're listening and you may be paying attention to us babble is because we're having a hard time yet again getting our guests on the phone it shouldn't be a surprise i think that maybe we should only ever get phone guests that dan arranges i know because they always work because I think they it's a always conspiracy work by dan i think it is too i think dan well we do we are supposed to have a guest in the studio and i don't know what <laughs> What happened? To yeah, him? it's not like there's that many one-way streets in Ann Arbor anymore. Right. Like that person I mean, is and still I, lost. I did try to give him correct directions to find his way here, but he's not here. You no, know, I heard that uh, somebody who came to the studio a few weeks ago to meet me came and was locked out of every door. So I'm wondering if our guest is at a door. I did. However, say that if that was a problem, to phone me and let me know. Oh, okay. And that's not happened, but maybe... It's not ring. It has not... And I don't know whether it's because we're down in the basement. No, did you... It does say it has a signal. It does say it has a signal. I get a signal down here. So... I have a question for you. Do you (laughs) actually use the word phone as a verb? Like you just did in your regular conversation? Um, you know, I don't know. It's a possibility, yeah. If I just used it, odds are I've used it before. Before. Yeah. Because I don't often hear people doing that. I think, though, that it is sort of an East Coast thing, which is where you're from. It is. This has been my week of East Coast revelations because a friend of mine at work who is um, also from the East Coast said, we were talking about how everybody I know seems to be either getting married or having a baby gay straight and actually it's everyone i know is pretty much like queer so on on some on some level but like every gay or lesbian couple that i know at this point is either married or about to have a baby or like uh, in the process of trying to have a baby and i'm just and i feel like i'm not i'm not remotely at that place and it makes me think am i just totally immature like what is wrong with me because everybody's ready to go and i'm like are you kidding me 
I'm not ready. I don't think I'll be ready for a while. And I think I'm too young right now. But they're all out there having You know, I don't think that you're wrong. I, you know, it's takes, it's everybody has a different time when they're ready for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely. I don't think that you should feel. I just felt like. Left behind or but anything. But you know, the people I know on the East Coast, all about my age, none of them. Right. Don't even want to hear about it. Like, stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> With the babies or the weddings or the commitment ceremonies, whatever it is, stay away. You know, I have this developing theory that the cult of, of like, the queer family, the mm-hmm. the, hetero, the heteronormative couple, you know, the that's queer but heteronormative and then like the having the kids mm-hmm. is a is a flyover state phenomenon because really? and it may be just that i know a lot of freaky queers but all the queers i know on the east coast and all the queer queers i know on the west coast have no desire to have children ever um, i don't know what it are is polyamorous completely non-monogamous have no desire to shack up uh-huh or any semblance of that uh-huh. i mean it's just very it's very interesting to me um, and, and how I see it as, I don't know, I guess maybe it's some of it has to do with the fact that in in the Midwest and other flyover areas that we tend to be, I don't know, the family seems way more important right, than it does to some of my friends and other places. Um, like, I think that there's a lot more... Um, like singlehood in a metropolitan area like New York City is is doesn't seem to be as such a travesty, such a bad place to be as it does here. I guess could be my my perception of it, but right, you know, I don't. I mean, I I think maybe what it is is that you're especially um on the East Coast, or at least in my my aunt, like what I know of people who live like in New York city, I think part of it is that like, I think you do sort of think like, how am I going to raise a kid here? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got this teeny little apartment that we probably pay a ridiculous amount of money for, you know, it's overcrowded. The school system is depending on where you are. So, so, but like, it's just not, you have to be making, you really have to be so much more along in your career choice Mm -hmm. and like your, your career in New York City and some of the bigger metropolitan areas than I think you do like here. That's a really good point. That's a very good point. That like, you know, I have friends who are in, you know, who've just started their legal career, for example, and they can't, there's no way right now that they could leave and have a child without ruining um, like their chances at work mm-hmm. and like changing sort of where their career is going to go. Right. So that's my, that's sort of what I was thinking as to why. That's not a bad, that's not a bad theory at all. I think that actually, um, probably makes more sense than my cynical view. Mm hmm. But yeah. But I like your, but I like your cynical view much better. Dan, Dan Burns. <laughs> Thank God. That's what that phone, that sign hung up from the engineer booth meant. What I was confused by because it said next week, question mark, Dan's on. And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And then I realized the first half was not for us. It was the Dan's on. It was the Dan's on part that was important. What the hell is going on? How are you, Dan? Uh, I've I've been much better, I'll tell you. My goodness, I was sick last weekend, or last week, and then... um, uh, this week I'm uh, I'm having car troubles. So did but you I just, finally make it to where you were going? Oh yeah, to get I your finally car made fixed? it. Yes, I did, and luckily I'm at a friend's house now, listening to the fabulous closets of her clothes. Woohoo! Exactly. And by the way, Meredith. Yes. Some people have played table tennis with you. I know. And had the same problem. See. <laughs> I'm not denying I have a problem, Dan. I'm not. <laughs> I to- and I totally confessed to my problem of control when we first started playing the two of us. But he, you know, plus he has to win at everything. So it's only helpful to him that I'm supposed to be able to play tennis and I suck. 
basically. Oh, man. Because what I heard you said, well, yeah, we played against the wall just to prove that it wasn't that it was him. Right. <laughs> like, oh, honey, I have played table tennis against you. <laughs> yes, it's true. And when I hit the ceiling, at least you could, you know, return it to me. <laughs> just not the same on the tennis courts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, Dan, did you hear I made blueberry jam? <laughs> Wow! Was this from the your, the farm that you um, participate with? Yes. How come I'm the last to know everything? She's Meredith. Yeah. She's said it on the show several times. I have. <laughs> I have. And yeah. I was listening intently. Uh, I know. Uh, uh, I feel really listened to and important right now. <laughs> you know, Meredith. You know, I know you got the, your degree in social work. I know. <laughs> I skipped the part about empathetic listening or whatever. Yeah, yeah or whatever. Or is whatever important. is probably... That's the most important part. Exactly. The very most important part. So, Dan, you're going on vacation next week. What fabulous, faggy thing are you doing for vacation? You know me. I always do. I, I am going to be what every gay man does. Camp. <laughs> That's very, very funny. That's very funny. Oh, so are you going exactly. to you going to the west coast of Michigan? I am. I am. I am happy. I am going to be at Camp It. So um, it's going to be very interesting. Um, it is a leather weekend. Dan, starting burns. when? <laughs> What's that? Since when? Starting when? Oh, starting um, uh, Friday night through Saturday and Sunday. And then I am heading uh, north from there. Mm. So, and then we're just going to be kind of doing the whole Michigan uh, camping tour. Wow. Very exciting. Exactly. We're going to try to get our feet wet at, you know, at, at a place that we know well and, you know, and get that motivation of, of camping and, you know, roughing it and... Well, we'll have a lube, so I guess not roughing it. But it's just one of those. Um, yeah, well, roughing it in a leather weekend has a totally different, different right. connotation than it does at any other kind. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there, yeah. So how long are you going for? I'm going to be gone a week and a half. Wow, that's a long time. It is. When so, you, you leave on Friday? Right, right. Exactly. Friday, early Friday morning. We're going to be out of here and... And getting everything all set up and make sure we have all our doilies and um, <laughs> lighting and disco balls. Doilies? They're gay doilies. men, of course. Of course, on the picnic table. Right. You know, you never know where the picnic table, who's done who on what picnic table. Well, we That's just take a tablecloth. <laughs> oh, and a plastic one, you just wipe it down. Right, you can just really hose it off even. That's <laughs> a little bleach that you're done. <laughs> just, yeah, get a spray bottle with bleach and water mixed together. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you're good to go. It's all exactly. good. You can clean up and then you can eat right off of where you just maybe <laughs> canoodled. You could you canoodled. Could eat wherever. You can eat wherever. All day. All day. <laughs> you just got to clean up. Exactly. Exactly. It's a bleach ball. Very funny. Well, that's exciting. I've actually we have toyed around with going to camp it ourselves this weekend. Oh. Because we we don't have the kid with us this weekend, so you don't. No, so we may see you there. Oh, that would be fabulous. Oh, my God. Blue Although yeah. we didn't know it was a leather weekend. <laughs> oh. I'm a little, I mean, I'm not, I'm just just about as kinky as the next person. That's not the issue. The issue is leather in the summertime is just, first of all, it's a fashion don't. And second of all, it's hot. <laughs> and all that chafing. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they have that new stuff you can buy. The body like, glide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely need to check some of that out. Oh, um, my God. Okay. Well, we found out our guest is almost here, which is pretty exciting. Phew. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, hopefully, he'll have a story like to tell. Yeah, really. So, yes. And so, yeah, I definitely. Well, so I'll let you borrow some of my leather if you do show up, you know. I just don't want you to feel out of place. Oh, I have some. I have oh, a pair of you? chaps. Oh, I was going to say. There you go. I also have a kilt, which isn't leather, but is leather appropriate. That's true. Exactly. Oh, and, and the proper colors. Is it? Yeah, it's black. Yes. It's black. So nice. it would be perfect. Oh, Obviously, yeah. I'm near a dog. I was going to say, Dan, what is slightly whiplash over there? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Um, 
<laughs> that oh. was real. It's a very gay sounding. I dog. was gonna say, is it like a little po- poodle with like <laughs> a rainbow is bandana? Bit bit Actually, or something? it is. You named it perfectly. Oh my goodness! It described you perfectly, Mikey. So, Mikey. Its name is Mikey. Yes. Is it yes. like after the life cereal kid? Will it eat anything? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean to ask you so many questions. You just didn't have answers. To. Yeah, you probably just met this dog like half an hour ago or something. It's right, exactly. As I was walking down the street, you probably just named it Mikey too, didn't you? You did. <laughs> I did. Not. You were like, oh, let's just call it Mikey. <laughs> yes, yes. My default name for anything is Bob. Bob. I, that used to be my default name too. Bob. It's yeah. such yes, a good we had name. That conversation we before. did, didn't we? Yeah, we have. We yeah. Have. Now, oh, I've been doing the show too long. I just sit around and repeat myself now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think oh. I I think did were you here that weekend cuz I said the same thing that you did. So now we're really? just all repeating each other. Wow. And all our lives are just become we can't discern ourselves <laughs> from each other. We're, it's a total codependent freak fest it is, here. It is because I was leaving work today and I was thinking to myself Gosh, I hope Dan's car doesn't break down, but if it does, it works out, because I'm going back to close to where his house is this evening. And then he calls me and says, my car broke down. I won't be at the show tonight. (laughs) How creepy is that? That's more than a little. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 So our guest is here. Okay. Well, you guys have a great time. Oh, you don't have to go. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Dan, I miss you. Oh, okay. I'll stay on the line. I'll try well, to think of good stay. questions. Yeah. Good. Yeah, stay. Stay. Okay, I'll stay. I don't want to scare anybody off. No, no, no. That's for sure. No, not, not at, at all. all. So, Meredith, will you yeah. introduce yeah. our guest? Yes, we have Richard, who is here from the campaign to end AIDS. And I'm going to let you just jump right in because we've had such trouble getting ourselves together for the last like i don't know how many weeks in a row but you know it's all worked out for the best i think um because we've gotten things finally finalized yes well that and i i was hoping that you know the world works in mysterious ways and you would be here when you were meant to be so so the campaign to end aids basically in a nutshell is kind of an an effort to reinvigorate the entire HIV and AIDS movement of the country. Um, the last seven years, um, we've kind of gotten lax. Um, the movement's kind of slowed down. The medications have come out. Um, media has portrayed that HIV has been cured. Um, the medications have made life easier, so people have gotten more waning from their support. Um, and so the Campaign to End AIDS is um, a global effort um, to reinvigorate the whole movement. Um, it started last April um, with AIDS Watch, um, where they had 600 people that were living with HIV and AIDS across the country that gathered in D.C. Um, and met with congressmen and senators um, and all the way through the White House um, and brought up Ryan White reauthorization problems with Medicaid, um, the inability of people to get medications in some states in the country. Um, and then they had a rally. Um, it was the largest march in the last 10 years. They had 3,500 people um, where they dropped 8,500 pairs of shoes to represent the 8,500 people a day that die worldwide from AIDS. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so that was a huge success. Um, and just a couple months ago, they got a youth training initiative um, program where they had 400 youth from across the country um, that gathered to learn the history of HIV um, and the struggle um, and to kind of get younger people involved in the movement again. Um, we found that a lot of the people that came to the, um, the conference um, didn't have any idea of the struggles that we've gone through for the last 20 years. Um, They had no idea that so many people had died, that we had lost so many people along the way, and where we've come from to get to where we're at. Um, So they left the Institute full of energy and excitement, um, and they've been stationed all across the country now um, to kind of help fill in um, staffing. 
Um, but the big part of the of the campaign to end AIDS takes place in October, um, and we'll be gathering in Washington D.C. for five days of political action um, and training. It's to get people involved in the movement again. People that have been activists in the past that have kind of tired out and uh, to get them re-energized. Um, people that have been kind of on the shirt tails of the movement um, and didn't know exactly what to do or how to do it. Um, so they're coming to D.C. to learn how to get involved and what to do to get it done. Um, there'll be a huge concert on Saturday night. Um, they've already signed Alton John and Madonna and Bad Midler. Wow. Um, yeah. Those are yeah, some big names. Yeah, huge. it's a big name. Melissa Etheridge, the Indigo Girls, Mariah Carey, Faith Hill. Um, it's going to be a mammoth event. Um, it's um, a whole separate thing. It'll be broadcast on VH1. Um, Viacom is paying for the whole shebang. Um, there'll be a huge um, march and rally. Um, they're hoping to have about 500,000 people. Um, one of the key elements is a caravan um, that will be taking part, uh, leaving from 10 different places across the country. Um, and it'll wind through all 50 states, um, including Michigan. Um, where we'll have five spots um, that the caravan will stop. Oh. Um, so it will be hitting us very, very, very heavily. Um, and Arbor will play a real key role in that as well. Um, so we're real excited about that. Um, our caravan um, from Michigan... Um, shut up, Bob. <laughs> we weren't asking for your comments yet. <laughs> anyway, um, so the um, the caravan actually starts in Seattle um, and winds its way down through Montana and North Dakota and Idaho and Minneapolis and Wisconsin and then to Michigan. Um, it's going to come across the lake on the ferry, which would be kind of interesting to see a whole bunch of ferries coming across on a ferry. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's a whole other PR event in itself. Of course it is. Um, and then from Michigan, we go into Ohio and Pennsylvania and then up into D.C. Um, so um, it's going to be really exciting. Um, there's a, a whole strategy behind the campaign um, that we can talk about um, that basically the, the rudiments of the, of the whole effort um, are that we already have the tools that are necessary to end the epidemic that we know as HIV and AIDS. We just don't have the political will um, in order to do so. Um, so the whole effort is really an, an, an effort to um, change the political will and the political structure so that people worldwide, not just here in the Amer- in America, um, have complete access to HIV and AIDS treatment and care. Um, and... Um, so a, a vital part of that um, is reauthorizing the entire Right and White Authorization Care Act, um, which in its entirety, um, when it was originally planned, was $2.5 billion. Um, and we've never gotten that amount. Will you just tell for our listeners who, don't, who probably don't know what Ryan White is if they've not been... Well, Ryan White um, was um, a little boy. Um, that was infected with HIV. Um, that Probably the first person people knew. Right. Well, one of the one of the you big, know, quote unquote. Right. <laughs> um, he was he was um, thrown out of his school. Um, his house was burned down. His parents were um, uh, terribly at, uh, um, attacked. Um, he really went through hell. Um, and um, he really brought a whole new light to the movement. Um, and in memory of his death, um, they named a CARE Act um, after him. Um, and the CARE Act was a, was a funding of services of last resort. Um, and it, it was never meant to be a free ride for anybody that was infected. Um, it was there to ensure that, one, that people were educated, um, that there were prevention efforts that were made, um, that people that were infected had complete and full access to treatment and care to sustain their life, um, and the comprehensive case management, um, housing. Um, it was in a completely um, encompassing um, p- protocol. Um, the last seven years, um, the Ryan White Care Act has been flat-funded. Um, in order for Ryan White to be effective, um, we need a total of $303 million increase um, in the federal budget. 
um, President Bush this year has only given us $10 million. Um, so that means that there are nine states now um, where there are people that are literally dying waiting to get HIV treatment and medication um, because their states no longer have money um, to cover their prescription coverage. Um, and that's covered under something called ADAP. Um, and um, it's a federal program, but it's, man- it's, a, it's mandated by the federal government but funded by the states. Um, and and the, with so many states having budget crisis. Right. And, you know, in Michigan, we're very fortunate um, that we had some extremely gifted people in our, um, in our state health department um, that had the foresight to ensure that we had things in place to cover so we don't have to worry about um, the, um, the, the budget the budget at this point. But um, the, we're feeling the budget cuts here um, starting in October. Um, the state's no longer going to be covering a lot of services that are essential. Um, and so the waiting lists are something that are a very distinct possibility um, that could be in our future here. Um, so that's very, very scary. Um, right now in Michigan, there are 17,000 people infected with AIDS. Um, that doesn't include the people that are infected with HIV and don't know it or the people that are infected with HIV or HIV and not are reported. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it's it's a significant um, issue. Sure it is. Sure it is. So you said <coughs> that the caravan's stopping in five places in Michigan. What are yep. those five places? Grand Rapids, Lansing, Ann Arbor, Detroit, and Flint. Is that four? Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Lansing, Ann Arbor, Arbor Flint, Detroit, and Detroit. That's, that's five. five. Okay, that's right. That's yeah. five. That's <laughs> a five. blonde moment for a second. So, <laughs> what? Is, how does the caravan work exactly? What do people, you know? Let's well, the 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 thing with the when the caravan, when the whole idea with the caravan started, the um, the promise of C two E A is that anybody that wants to go to D C, um, the the campaign in D.C. is October 8th through the 12th. Um, so anybody that wants to go to D.C. Um, is guaranteed housing, food, um, and transportation once to get to D.C. and back. Um, all they have to do is show up at a caravan stop. Um, and um, so we're, we're raising funds, one, to um, make sure that we have the funds to, to do that. Um, but it's not a necessary part of the puzzle that somebody has money that they, have, that they can still go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the caravan will be made up of uh, buses and vans and individual cars. Um, and um, we are renting buses along the route. Um, and so they're expecting about 50,000 people um, on each caravan route to go across the country. Wow. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a huge, a huge um, event. Um, so the um, each city will have different activities to welcome the caravan into town. Um, when it comes into, it'll come into Ludington over on the ferry. Um, it'll overnight in Grand Rapids. Um, it'll have a big kickoff event and send them on their way. Um, it will come to Lansing, and then it'll then from Lansing to Ann Arbor. It'll overnight in Ann Arbor, um, and the Quakers here have um, offered to house everybody from the caravan overnight um, and supply food. Wow! Um, so we're very very thankful. Right to on. Them the for Quakers that. do rock. They do. <laughs> they may not like that. You know that may not resonate with them that I said they rock, but they do rock. They are pretty amazing. They are. Yeah, they've been very 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 supportive, and we're very thankful. Um, and um, so, and then they'll be on to Flint for the day, and then Detroit, and then Toledo, and so. Um, but everybody will have their own individual um, events. Um, I know that they're planning a huge rally um, at the campus, um, and everything is still being kind of worked out at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but the um, it arrives here in Ann Arbor on the 3rd, I believe. Yep, October 3rd. Um, and it arrives at 8.30 on the 3rd. And then, and where's the stop? Where where are they going to be at in Ann Arbor? Do you know that? I I believe it's on 
I think it's at the stadium, but okay. don't quote me on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and Bob, you shut up. <laughs> um, the um, it, and like I said, everything is still being worked out logistically. Sure, um, it's a huge so, logistic. Yeah, it's been a nightmare. Nightmare, I'm sure it is. Um, and then you know we had the problem with AIDS Walk that weekend. Um, oh. So that's another huge issue. Um, so that's been kind of having to deal with both issues coming into town at the same time mm-hmm. has been kind of fun. Um, I'm sure but, it's been interesting. Yeah, but the um, but Chris at the HIV and AIDS Resource Center here in Ann Arbor um, mm-hmm. is heading up the Ann Arbor delegate, um, and you can get all of the information um, updated on our website, um, which is www.campaigntoendaids.org. Um, all one word. All one word, or c2ea.org. So, and I think that I mean, with, with having um, both of it's actually happening here in Ann Arbor, it, it kind of helps those who, for instance, that are wanting to get involved and can get involved with AIDS Watch. But if they can't, like, take that week out, you know, week off and spend five days, at least they can participate in the AIDS Walk and do something. Right. So right. it gives them at least a, a, something to do, you know, and feel that they're a part of what's happening, you know, nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then there'll be and there'll be options. Um, they're going to have a huge um, scroll of life, um, and it's a huge like concept, isn't it? But anyway, um, that um, will be at each um, caravan stop, um, and it'll have a place for everybody to sign on, um, and then the scrolls will all be attached once they get to DC um, and combined, so that it'll stretch out from one end of the walk to the other. Um, so um, it'll give everybody a chance that's not able to participate in D.C. an option to be there um, and be represented, and those girls will be dropped off at the president's desk. So Very um, exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, once they're in D.C., you said that there'll be some training for people. Yep. What, el- what else? There's going to be trainings. There'll be um, there's several rallies. There's a huge um, faith-based prayer rally um, that they're having in Atacosta, um, which is a hugely disproportionately affected area in Washington, D.C. And I was just um, reading on the web somewhere that D.C., they're criticizing the way they report their HIV infections, that they're actually maybe not. There's probably a lot more people infected within, within D.C. the community. Yeah, than, than actually is being reported because they are. Well, you know, that's always an issue that I'm. Um, you know, we always have a, there's always that unknown number. Right. Um, you know, we always say that, uh, they say that one out of 250 Americans is infected with HIV, um, and only one in 500 know. Um, and so you you always have that gray area, um, because there are people that, that, um, that come in and find out they're HIV infected, and they get attested anonymously, and it doesn't get recorded. Right. Um, and so, um, or people that, you know, know, um, and just you don't know that they're there, right? Um, so sorry, didn't mean to create a thunderstorm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first, and you won't be the last. It's totally fine. <laughs> the joys of live radio, right? Um, but so, um, but yeah, so so numbers are always a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it they're getting tighter and tighter um, with keeping track. Um, but um, it's always a there's always that area that you don't know, right? Um, and DC DC although it has a really comprehensive HIV and AIDS care program in place, mm-hmm. um, it's got a lot of issues. Um, I spent about six months out there um, working with um, the Whitman the Whitman Clinic, um, and um, they are grossly underfunded. Um, and for being the heart of the country, it's amazing the the amount of services that they really go without in D.C. Mm-hmm. So it's well, not and, surprising. And also just to bring that home, um, I do HIV counseling at the health department. And they just less than six months ago, they had four people um, in the HIV STD clinic uh, full time. And now they only have two. Right. Um, and, you know, and they're having troubles right now in doing reporting. Um, just because they just don't have enough staff to even put the the reports or the paperwork into the computer. Yeah. I mean, they're just not they're not funding it properly, and then they're you know then the state is coming down on them, or the the state health department is coming down on them because well you just don't have enough numbers. But they have a huge stack of paperwork that's that's still trying to get into the computer because they took they chose to choose the, the client first versus the paperwork. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And and now we're looking at cuts again in October oh, where. Yeah. 
Um, there's even more, you know, so let alone just trying to get the education out there. But then I'm, I'm also hearing that there's, I mean, hearing what's happening at, at HARC with the, the less funding that they have, they're down, you know, yep. even with just case managers. Well, you know, the um, state's now gone, and, and starting October 1st, um, right. the, the HRSA is moving towards something called a medical model. Um, and um, so they're alleviating kind of the patient side of HIV and AIDS, which is scary. Right. Um, they're changing their whole education focus to a prevention focus to um, people that are already infected with HIV as opposed to the mass the masses. That sounds, um, that sounds backwards. I was just about the, to say that. Puts, <laughs> they, they think that if they put the responsibility on those of us that are infected to stop the progression of HIV, that that's where they should be spending their efforts, which is totally screwed up. Um, they've well, taken everything that we know works um, right. and, and they're ending it. Um, they've cut funding for mother-to-baby transmission education. Um, we can Now at this point, 99.9% of all infants born to positive mothers are born negative. Um, and they've cut 50% of the funding for that. Right. Um, they're cutting out support groups. They're cutting out food vouchers. They're cutting out clothing. It's just yeah, crazy. It's really, yeah, it's really ridiculous. I like, feel like we're moving in that direction in terms of educating people about yeah. important like health health issues. Like everything sort of, as you said, ass backwards. Like we don't want to tell you too much because we're afraid you're going to go out and do something you know, bad with that knowledge of how to protect yourself. We, you know, why not place the burden on people who are already infected? Well, right. I mean, well, well, let's let's back up even further. Is that there was a uh, quote on the number of people that have HIV and AIDS? I mean, we know the number of people that have AIDS just because of the the their medical emergencies or medical treatment that they're receiving. But what about the people that have HIV that we don't know about? Mm -hmm. And by putting it on people that don't even know they have HIV, that's part of the outreach that when I used to work in that work (laughs) in HIV and AIDS is that, well, we were also not only doing education, but we were also trying to, you know, help people to find out if they have HIV and get the treatment as early as possible so it lengthens their life. Yeah. So, um, you know, okay. I I just had I had in the last two weeks we've had six people that were under eighteen nineteen sorry that have been that tested positive. Um, so there's this, like a huge rebirth um, yes. of people that you know have no clue um, and that we're not reaching mm-hmm. and that and it's then by similar. cutting it, we're, that we're still not going to reach them. Right. It's very similar. And the fact that our, like younger people don't remember what it was like the way that younger people don't remember what it was like prior to Roe v. Wade and abortion being right. legalized that like we are not as as educators, as, as nonprofits, as whatever your capacity right. is, as activists, we don't for some reason aren't doing a really good job of educating people. I mean, I think some of it is that we forget that our words and our stories and what we remember of how life was like mm-hmm. is probably a lot more, has a lot, a, hu- a very huge impact on what people think about um, and how they see themselves and where they see, you know, HIV and AIDS healthcare going in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't realize what, you know, if you think that the status quo is what it's always been like, you never advocate for more. Right. That we've done enough. Right. I mean, that's right. what I'm, I'm hearing more and more. It's like, well, we've done enough. It's now an STD. Right. Well, I'm sorry. You don't die of chlamydia. Right. 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 You know, you don't have emergency. You don't go to the emergency room because you have gonorrhea. Right. So, right. um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. It's a little bit close to heart, so I'm a little more emotional about well, it. Well, sure. Sorry, guys. No, that's and, and you know, and I think that that's the other thing is when I walked away, I'm realizing one was I needed I needed to walk away, but the second as I as I tune in every once in a while, um, it's it's amazing what this current regime has done to prevent mm-hmm. getting the education out there and, and getting the resources that people need to stay healthy. Yep. Um, and I, and I, it's scary to think about. It right. is. It really, really is because I, I'm not sure where that comes, like what possesses them as and, human and, beings, what possesses right. you. I understand what possesses well, you as a politician. It doesn't touch their lives. And it, that's exactly it. They don't, they that, don't, it doesn't touch their lives. Right. And that's why I think that this 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 march is is a great idea, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because it it is going to start. Um, they're going to start seeing the masses. They're going to start hearing the people's story, 
you know, and they're going to actually, I think this is a really great idea that you guys have come up with. Yeah, oh, thanks. And you're more than welcome to join us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you can, exactly. you can exactly. go to Definitely. the website at the campaign, or I'm sorry, it's just campaign to end org yep. or c2ea.org. Um, thank you very much, Richard, for coming down okay. to the we station. It. We really, really appreciate it. Um, again, the the stuff that's happening in D.C. will be from the 8th through the 12th. Is that yep. correct? With a big, fat concert definitely, and all kinds of good stuff going on. Thanks for tuning by to Closets Are For Clothes with all the other cool kids. We'll see you the same time, same place next week. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. Or... At our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you.